we as people have to be ready to learn, but also to unlearn. This is Outside the Sadaka Box, the Jewish Youth Engagement and Philanthropy Education Podcast. I am your host, Danielle Siegel. Each episode, we will have a conversation with an amazing guest who will share their unique stories and help us explore the broader world of Jewish youth engagement and philanthropy education. I'm delighted to introduce our guest for today's episode. Sarah Lomelin is the founding executive director of Philanthropy Together, the first organization dedicated to strengthening and scaling the collective giving movement nationally. Prior to Philanthropy Together, Sarah served as senior director of leadership philanthropy at Opportunity Fund, the largest nonprofit lender in the United States. Previously at the Latino Community Foundation, Sarah served as vice president of philanthropy and launched the Latino Giving Circle Network. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today and for taking the time to speak to me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation. Philanthropy Together is a venture that you were instrumental in starting. Can you talk to us a little bit more about Philanthropy Together and what it does? Of course. Well, you know, Philanthropy Together was uh, is the brainchild of more than 100 people, which is extremely exciting. Um, I spent about eight years at the Latino Community Foundation as uh, VP of Philanthropy there. I uh, helped start the Latino Giving Circle Network, which is a network of 23 giving circles uh, across California. And at that time, I got connected with people from different giving circle networks. So uh, with Amplifier, with the Community Investment Network, uh, with Philanos, with 8BIP, etc., etc. And back in 2017, a group of us got together um, in Michigan to just brainstorm and discuss what was needed for the giving circle field at the national level. Uh, we put together some uh, working groups and we ended uh, with a fieldwide convening at the um, Gates Foundation back in April of 2019. After that co-design process, uh, we put together uh, a beautiful business plan of what is now Philanthropy Together, uh, you know, with the idea of scale, strengthen uh, the collective giving field at the national level. So that's a little bit in a nutshell, you know, how we were formed. Um, but definitely, you know, yes, I was part of it, but I was one of many, many, many voices. And what was it about the giving circle networks or the, I, the model of giving circles that really attracted you to this work? Well, you know, I am originally from Mexico City. Um, and for me, as an immigrant, I feel that giving circles, you know, for, for Latinos, uh, giving circles are the perfect entry door into philanthropy uh, because, you know, they're social, they are, there's a lot about learning, and I just loved it. You know, it's, it's something that we everyday people can do. 
Um, it's there. It, it is. It's a very inclusive model, and it helped me, you know, uh, come together with my friends and do something about, you know, the the challenges that our community was uh, were facing. So I know there's many things that we cannot control, but who do we give to? That's something that we can control. So I know, you know, the philanthropic world has uh, its challenges, but I feel that. That giving circles, uh, the model is so flexible, so nimble that everybody can do it. And it's a way that we that philanthropy can really go mainstream. Another beautiful thing about giving circles that I think um, it's important to mention is how, you know, this power dynamic between who gives and who receives gets broken in giving circles because I, I feel that, you know, the, the lines get blurred and that is a beautiful thing. How do you think um, COVID has impacted the Giving Circle network. What have you seen amongst the Giving Circles that are part of philanthropy together? Have they pivoted or ridden this wave? Has has it been um, something that they can overcome and they can use those challenges to their advantage? That's a, that's a great question. And I am going to tell you like, everything, all of the above. Um, I feel that, yes, you know, uh, giving circles are social in nature, right? So we have seen some giving circles that have hurt in that sense. At the same time, you know, there is this huge phenomenon of uh, new giving circles getting started. I feel that since last year, a lot of people uh, looked inside of them and thought, okay, what is mine to give? How can I, uh, you know, engage in community? How can I help my local community? And we have seen Giving Circles started online, just online. And the great thing about this is that the, the geographical barriers are are broken. Right now, you're, you, we have seen Giving Circles started with people from different cities and different states. Also, you know, a lot of giving circles uh, were pivoting really quickly because they didn't want to leave money on the table. They said, okay, what can we do? Everybody learned how to use Zoom, how to use, you know, different online tools. Yeah, we we found that with our um, the youth philanthropy programs that we have, you mentioned about geography not being a barrier. Some of our youth programs have really expanded out and they can have kids coming to their programs that don't even necessarily live in state. We also have a couple of programs that are national programs. The teens don't live in the same place and probably will never. So those programs can continue to be online. You were talking about how Giving Circles is an opportunity for everyone to learn about philanthropy. It's not just for the very, very wealthy. It's for anyone who can be involved. And at Honeycomb, we work very specifically with young people. A big thing for us is that you're never too young to start the process of philanthropy. And you are a parent as well. How do you see this manifesting um, in your kids? Are they involved in any uh, volunteering or any philanthropy? Are, are you passing on this love of the Giving Circle model to your kids? Yes, totally. Yes, as you know, I have uh, three children and they are 21, 19 and 17. 
Um, and I'm very happy to say that, yes, they are involved, uh, not, you know, not in a given circle per se, but, you know, really, um, you know, supporting the community, volunteering. Uh, last year, uh, my daughter started uh, a crowdfunding campaign uh, with her peers at school and involving, you know, teachers and parents to support uh, the homeless community in San Francisco. So I love young people and the way they they engage because they're not just happy with just giving a donation. They want to learn, they want to get more involved. They, you know, they are being more civically engaged in their giving too, right? They they learn about the causes, um, they, they participate in democracy, um, they research uh, the organizations that they want to support so i i feel hopeful for for you know all the young people that are getting involved in in, in giving circles and in philanthropy as well is there any advice that you wish you'd received when you were younger that you would think to pass on to a young person who wants to get involved in something like this i wish someone would have told me like just just do it like just you know i know it sounds like a cliche but yes like just do it don't overthink it it's something that you you can start right away and uh, and especially a giving circle it's a lot of fun it's it's something really fun to be doing with your friends and um the relationship with your friends is going to get deeper you're going to you know learn from them at a deeper level it's something great to put in your resume when you are, you know, looking for a job, right? Is is you know to put in your volunteer uh, uh, time, but also uh, you will learn about grant making, about how to manage money, about you know how nonprofits work. Like there is so much learning in this. So I wish someone would have told me, like, just do it. Don't wait. At Honeycomb, a big part of our curriculum is us examining what values are important to us and then putting those in action. What would you say is a value that is really important to you? Either a value that you've had for a long time that you carry with you or something that's particularly important to you at the moment? I would say equity for me. I thought I'm a total believer into, you know, leveling the playing field. And um, and sometimes, especially, you know, when we are younger, um, unless we are um, exposed to, you know, people from different backgrounds, from, you know, um, we get out of our bubble and our, our, our comfort zone, uh, we don't reflect around equity. And I feel it's important. I feel that is why I feel hopeful because I feel young people are a lot more aware about equity than what I was when I was younger. But I would say that it's my, my main value. most common misconceptions about your job or your role? Hmm, that's a very interesting question. Um, I would say a lot of people think that we host given circles and we don't. The reality is that we don't. You know, we are here, we were created to be 
a support organization of the giving circle field and the collective giving field. So we are here to get new people into giving circles, kind of, you know, create awareness of giving circles, elevate the stories and the profiles of different giving circles um, to scale the giving circle movement. So, you know, that is why we have the incubator and the trainings. And then on the other hand is to support the giving circle, the existing giving circle field. So to create, you know, more channels and more interweaving among independent giving circles and giving circle networks uh, to make sure that the field is thriving. We're here to support, not to supplant. So we don't host giving circles. We just, you know, are kind of a connector of giving circles. We created the um, global giving circle directory, which is now kind of uh, is serving as the latest research on giving circles. I think another big one that it's important to address is that some people think of giving circles as fundraising circles. And you and I know that that, that is two different concepts, right? Um, because in a, in a true giving circle, the members have, you know, the, the freedom to choose where they give their pool donation. And in a fundraising circle, you know, you are raising money for a specific organization. So I think that's, uh, that's something that we always address. Honeycomb, a lot of our work is working with the program leaders and the educators who are working with the teens. And these educators really serve as amazing role models and stewards to the teens who are doing the program. Who would you say is a role model of yours? Who is someone that you look up to or that you have learned from? Love this question. And this is this is going to be funny because my my mentor in this world is someone that is 10 years younger than me which you know uh sometimes is uh i mean it's it's, it's rarely the case right that sometimes we think or we have this misconception that a mentor has to be someone older in my case is someone that is 10 years younger than me and she was my colleague at latino community foundation she's still there her name is masha cherniak and she's an immigrant like me but she i am from mexico she's from russia and she she's a a, a jewish russian immigrant and she got uh she moved to ohio when she was nine and um and she has been an activist an organizer and someone that has helped me again get out of my comfort zone, uh, get out of my box, think big, think bold, and be able to be flexible and nimble and and become an advocate for, you know, as you said, for the things that are close to my heart and for my values. So yes, Masha has been my mentor. I love that you have a mentor who is younger than you. I think that is so great because you're right. We so often think of, oh, well, if they're older, it means that they're wiser. And if I am older than them, then I can't learn from the younger generation. And it's quite the opposite. We have all okay. these amazing opportunities to learn from people who are younger than us. And, you know, we, we see it every day in our line of work, working with young people. But I love that you pick someone who is um, who is younger than you. Yes, because I feel that, you know, uh, 
we as people have to be ready to learn, but also to unlearn. And I feel that sometimes our younger mentors are the ones who help us unlearn and open our minds for, you know, uh, different ways of doing things. So I, I feel that we have to be open to the both, learning and unlearning. So I was wondering, what have you been watching on a TV or a streaming service recently that you have really enjoyed that you would recommend for someone else to watch? I loved the Queen's uh, Gambit, but it was I, I, I loved the plot. I loved the acting. And uh, after that, my three children were obsessed with chess. Yeah, watching the Queen's Gambit definitely rekindled my love of chess. I, I, I started playing chess again since watching Queen's Gambit. Yes. And then, you know, another thing that I like um, is maybe watching some international shows uh, and trying, you know, to just not put the subtitles and trying to, you know, remember, you know, my French or, you know, French and Spanish and English, that's enough. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Do you find if you're working in different languages, uh, do you find translating the notions of philanthropy from English to Spanish is are there different words that are used? Do they have the, a word for giving circle in Spanish or was it um, that you had to kind of culturally translate as well as literally translate? Oh, my God, Danielle, that is such a good question. And it is it is a challenge um, because there are many there are many words that, uh, you know, they don't translate. And as you said, it's, it's not only the, the language, it's also the culture. Right. You know, in Latin America, yes, most countries speak Spanish, but the words are not the same in one country versus the other. So um, we see that, you know, some some uh, countries are wishing to keep the term giving circle in English to refer to giving circles. And some other countries are calling them circulos de dar or circulos de donaciones, which is kind of like donation circles or it's difficult to explain. So, yes, we uh, last year, actually, we worked with Lassos, uh, which is a, a group of um, young Jewish prof uh, professionals in Latin America. And we did a launchpad with them. And um, first we translated all the documents and all the materials and then we said okay it's not only the translation we have to literally adapt everything to the different to the different countries so yeah it's always you know it's it's a it's an you know everlasting ever ever going uh learning well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining today and talking to us all about the great work that you do and what you're up to at the moment. So I really appreciate the time for you to talk to us today. No, thank you, Danielle, for inviting me. I love Honeycomb. I, you know, uh, you guys are really, you know, paving the path uh, to bring more young people into philanthropy. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Just a reminder to check out our brand new website, honeycomb.org. You can find our latest resources, events, and you can also listen to previous episodes of our podcast. Also, subscribe to Outside the Sedeca Box. You can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform. We are on all of them. 
So thank you again so much, Sarah, for joining us today. And we will see everybody next time. Outside the Sedaka Box is produced by Honeycomb, the leading resource for Jewish youth philanthropy. To find out more, visit our website at honeycomb.org. Thank you for listening and look out for our next episode coming soon. Don't forget to subscribe. Until then, bye friends. Bye.